All right, we're live. This is episode 62, and we're going to unpack why Colin hates MGK. Let's just jump right into that, Colin. <laughs> well, should we first jump into introducing uh no, no. A guest? No. Just let the people, just let them chill. Just let them chill in okay. the background. Say something. Say a word, okay. guest. Hey, guys. Yeah. Here. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> no, we've tried to get him no, on dude. the podcast for like... I, probably the whole time we've had a podcast. I think he's been on the short list of people that we wanted to bring. Yeah. I'm looking. I'm looking. Well, um, I, I, we finally did it, guys. Oh, yeah. I actually – let me see when I put this in here. So we manage our board. We've said this before through a uh, through a Jira style. It's a Trello board. still owned by the same company that owns Jira, so it's for like product development basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, we manage this. Atlassian. There you go. I can never say that word. Um, Shout out to Atlassian. Let, let us get a sponsor, though. Um, I'm trying to see when I entered your name on this board. It's not showing me a date, which is stupid. But I do have... His name has been on there for a long time. It has been on there for quite some time. And I actually put some notes in here, which is funny. I tried to... I used to uh, put a person's name and then try to put notes about them so that I had talking <laughs> points when they were on. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we don't do that shit no more. All right, DJ. Let's talk. Well, yeah. first, but first, let's tell everybody how we know each other. So we are all from, well, not, we're not all from Columbus. I think those of you that have been listening know that Colin is from a piece of shit uh, area close to Ohio called Michigan. Um, <laughs> but regardless, we're all basically from Columbus. <laughs> piece of shit. <laughs> um, pretty Ohio now, though. Yeah, you're, you're definitely pretty Ohio. Yeah, but, I've been uh, here for more than half my life now, so. Yeah, but DJ, um, another another local music guy. So, what was your first band, DJ, around Columbus? Um, uh, I was in a high school band. I think her name was Mothra. Mothra. <laughs> yeah, like Godzilla. Like the Mothra. Godzilla bad guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that was, you know, that was just like a high school project. And then, I mean, the first main band that I got into was nineteen thirty one. And then we rode that for several years. And that's how, I think that's how I met all you guys. Absolutely. Um, was, I mean, it was just basically through the music scene. Yeah. Some of the, those are some of my favorite shows to this day were like 1931 shows. Was that the band's original first name? I thought you guys had like a longer name. Um, uh, I don't know. I mean, they were, they were like doing their thing a little bit before I joined, I believe. And I think mm. that they had, another name but we always had 1931 yeah it was it was like the something something of 1931 it was like some long ass oh name. yeah i don't know about that um probably but you know when Devin and joey risco were you know man man oh yeah i distinctly remember a show that uh in the cut played with 1931 and a bunch of other hardcore bands and it was at like an art gallery on Cleveland Avenue. Oh yeah. And we were all told to respect it. And then like a bunch of holes got punched in the wall. <laughs> you know, what's crazy. I also remember in the cut opened our set with a hard version of the smoke on the water riff just to be assholes. <laughs> what's crazy is we were just talking about stories like local band stories. It was on uh, Paul Bullen's post. And yeah. I brought up a story where I remember playing a house show with 1931 
and a hole got moshed into the floor and somebody stuffed a teddy bear. So I'm starting to think that most <laughs> of the destruction and holes in music venues came from 1931 shows. Well, I was a big stomper. Oh. I, remember, I remember that show where uh, I don't know who hit the, the hole in the floor, but I, I'll never forget where it playing and I looked down through it. I saw a bunch of people in the basement looking up at me. Yeah. There was a, I didn't say it on that post, but there was a second hole uh, that got stomped into the um, deck out back. Oh, and, really? Yeah. And somebody pulled the cooler full of beer over top of it. <laughs> I was just like, man, we have some very shitty people in this scene. Yeah. Well, yeah, those shows were wild. That was Dirty Dancing, right? Yes, that was Dirty yeah. Dancing. It was such a big... Uh, like metal scene slash party scene. So people were just, you know, going off. <laughs> going crazy. Uh, so there were there were some other people in 1931 that we've talked about before. We've talked about, you, you just mentioned Devin, for example. So Devin's in the Acacia strain now. Yeah. Uh, Joey went on to sell appliances, which is wild. Yeah. Uh, doing your thing in the video editing world. Is that like, is that the right title? Yeah, I mean, just... Production. I mean, we sh- I shoot, direct, and everything. So, but I mean, when I was in LA, I was sh- basically strictly editorial. But now I'm kind of all over the board. But yeah, just video production. It's crazy how many people from the local scene ended up in some type of creative field. Yeah, uh, I mean, yeah. Our, our scene is like, it, yeah, we had a lot of like people that came out of it that did well in music, but we have a shit ton of people that are just doing very well, just in create like creative scenes in general, which is awesome. Yeah. And DJ and I uh, collaborated a week and a half ago. Yeah, it was awesome. Colin designed some dude dad shirts for us. And uh, yeah. I can send you some of the, uh, he designed these Christmas sweaters. They're pretty hysterical. I'll show you Jeff, but uh, we just, we just got photos from the knitting factory. So I have to send you an update on that. <laughs> nice. Yeah. I think, that's the one you were taught. You said dads unite. Like yeah. dads yeah. out here just dadding, doing yeah. dad stuff together. So let's talk about dude dad actually. Uh do I don't even know how I first heard about dude dad. I it was most likely from a post from you. Yeah. Um so how long have you actually been involved with dude dad and what is your role there? Um well I knew Taylor. Me and Taylor have been friends for like the last I don't know, almost like ten years, eight years. Um, we met each other riding bikes and we just kind of clicked. Right. And, um, we met before any of us had kids. And then, um, he was always thinking about doing YouTube, but trying to find his voice. And then, um, both of our wives got pregnant around the same time. He's like, Hey man, should I do this YouTube? It's like, I think it's a good idea. He had the idea for dude dad. And, uh, he just kind of dove in throughout the years. You know, I was doing my LA Hollywood stuff and Taylor just kind of dove straight into, building up dude dad youtube channel and he was also doing some acting work because he, he was he was an actor and um i didn't i mean i always helped out when i could but that wasn't my focus you know i had my day jobs but um you know taylor several months back right before the pandemic happened bought a house in colorado and just split and we've always talked about partnering up and taking it together and like um and trying to build Do Dad into this brand and make it larger than just, you know, comedy videos. And, um, and so me and my wife kind of didn't like LA for the last five years. You know, we were strictly there for work. I mean, it's, it's nice, but, um, we you just, can, you can talk shit. It's okay. Like we, we're I mean, completely fine with talking shit on things. So if yeah, LA no, sucks, I, just I'll, say it. 
I could for sure talk shit about LA, but I mean, LA is nice. It's like, what I say, it's like a beautiful shithole. I mean, it's a horror, like it's, it's got, it's, it's got a ton of issues, but, um, we finally just decided like, Hey, let's do this and dive straight in. And so me and my, my, me and my wife moved out here like three, four months ago. I don't, three months ago. And yeah. so I've been like full time with him for about like five months, I think, because I started with him a little bit um, when I was in LA. And so he was in Colorado, I was in LA. And then I just said, Hey, this is going well. I think we can make this huge. And so we moved and now we're just, I mean, he lives like five houses down. We see each other every day and we're oh, just that's wild. grinding out content and different ideas. What's really cool about it is, okay. So when Colin and I got together and we were like, Hey, let's do this podcast. I just kind of threw the name out there. It was just a play on, you know, a dad joke, right? Heckin', right? Yeah. What we realized is that we weren't making content specifically for dads. We were just making content and we were, you know, quote yeah. unquote, heckin' cool dads. So that was like the whole play. But for us, what fucked up is a lot of people thought it was for parents. And yeah. so we went through this whole thing where we were going to rename it. Do, do you guys feel like your content is all dad related or do you feel that it's more than that and does that name limit you at all yeah no i mean our target demographic is you know new parents and so i mean i think our our largest viewership is actually the, the moms um but we make a lot of content that works you know not for parents as well and so we try to we try to you know we make content specifically for parents but we also try to do stuff that's kind of universal like we just did a video with that um, Charlie Barron guy. If you've ever heard of him, it's the Midwest Oak guy um, where it's like five stages of lending your tools to your friends. So it's oh, yeah. not like exclusive to being a parent and kind of works for like all the dudes out there. But, um, but yeah, we, we are trying to focus on parents, but like at the same time we create content for a little bit of everybody. Yeah. I think it, it seems to be going really well. I follow it. It's funny, funny shit. Everybody should follow that. Thanks, dude. Yeah. Um, I did see that video and I completely, I completely feel for his character in that <laughs> because that is me and that has also been me. Yeah. When I, when I moved here, and this is me putting myself on blast. So when I moved here, we had a lot of things to get rid of in the old house. And when I was cleaning out the garage, I found things that were not mine. Yeah, for sure. And I was like, oh, I borrowed this. At least five years oh, ago. Yeah. <laughs> I also didn't return it to them. I just gave it away. <laughs> like, you know, it was free to me. Now it's yeah. free to somebody else. Yeah. Actually, when we were shooting that video, my, like, if you'll see Charlie's garage was my garage and it's trash because we just moved. Like, I know you're in the similar situation where it's just like, there's only so much time in a day that you can like organize the house. The garage is like the last thing we've been doing. And, um, after that shoot, I was cleaning the garage and I found some of Taylor's tools. And I was like, dude, I'm, I must have had these forever. And it was like right after we shot that. And he's, yeah, already bought, really funny. he's already bought those tools again. So I was just like, well, now you got two. <laughs> that's a that's a funny little like, that should have been like a little behind the scenes, like Instagram bonus content or something. Yeah. <laughs> you actually returning his shit. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, Colin, are we far enough in? Can we liter Can we actually talk about this MGK record? You want to get your feelings hurt? You're not going to hurt my feelings. First of all, 
this is democracy, and I'm pretty sure that two out of three of us love this record right now and are yeah, banging the shit out of it. Yeah, what a pile of shit. Holy crap. <laughs> I, 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 uh, I, I listened to most of it. I know I said I'd listen to the whole thing. I think I got about two-thirds or three-quarters of the way through. But, man, I'll tell you what. That was, that was painful. Just uh, – Okay. So here – I, I want to fully unpack this one because I okay. could not disagree with you more. So let, break it down for me, Colin. I want the full uh, okay. review. First off, first off, this is music for children. Okay. okay. I, am I am that. Yeah, I agree with Jack. that. Uh, like it's, it's like music for like that you hear at like Zoomies or the buckle. I, okay. Okay. Stop there. I'm with you. I'm going to respond to all these. In real time. <laughs> That's I'm with fine. you. That's fine. I just got back from Zoomies. I got this hat from Zoomies. <laughs> what it's a, is it? It's okay. a loser machine hat. It's a fucking okay. skateboarding so, hat. <coughs> I so. see it kind of like Paramore. You know. Well, definitely that track with Halsey. Yeah. Is very <laughs> pa- and he covered fucking Misery Business. Oh, on the album? On the album. He covers oh. Misery Business with Travis Barker. Yeah. Okay, so, by the way, I my allergies are going crazy, and <coughs> I can't, I can't, I'm having a hard time clearing my throat. So That's a weird way to cover up a cocaine problem. COVID. But it's cool. Oh, yeah, or COVID. Cocaine yeah. or COVID. Covcane? Is this a, <laughs> is this a new drug? <coughs> All right, so there's that. And so I, I understand that we start from a we start from completely different places. Like you guys are like I, I I don't think I've ever heard more than like three Paramore songs before because it doesn't it's not my thing at all. Okay, so I know that we're coming at this from different angles. But one, okay, the first thing that rubbed me wrong was okay. I'll tell you what I want to back up. The first thing that rubbed me wrong was <laughs> something like six or eight months ago. I saw the video of him pitching the record to the record executives where he's like running around on a table with a bunch of suits sitting around like kicking shit and like throwing a guitar around. And it's like, it's like this kid, it's like he's a kid who watched every movie about some dude who just lets loose and then was like, I'm going to do this in real life. And I, so that rubbed me wrong right off the bat. It looked really stupid. It looked really stupid. I can say I hadn't seen that. I would not let that well, I might, okay. I might, yeah, I might, I might. Like I that. went into it. I went into it with that. Okay. But the first thing that really rubbed me wrong was like, it was like auto tune was fucking screaming, man. It was just like, I'm having such a hard time keeping this guy in, in, in key in tune. Like it, it was just, the vocals are just so bad right off the bat. But pop okay. punk vocals are bad. Dude. Yeah. I like them. I yeah. like the vocals. No, no. I Mark, Ho- Mark Hoppus has good pop punk vocals. I know what you're saying because yeah. honestly, Paul Bearer, you know, they need no auto tune. They're doing a fantastic job. Yeah, uh, d- dude, dude. And I know you're trying to say that. Like, keep it coming. I'm a. I know. I know. I'm an emo guy, so I'm cool with bad vocals. But those are just like, they're bad vocals run through a machine. And then, um, and then the first song came in, and I was like, oh my god, this just sounds like rip off. Like like dollar store Blink One Eighty Two. Yes, and then I was like, and then I looked it up. I was like, oh, Travis Barker. Oh, he's playing drums on all of this and produced it, mm. and produced it. And it just, I, as I moved through it, it was. I found myself just laughing out loud to myself at points, and because it just seemed so silly. And I, 
I'm being mean here. I'm sorry. No, no, and, this uh, is what I want. I knew that this also, was also it's and I I have no room to talk because I literally just released an EP that well, I made completely digitally. But like it sounds like it's it's like it sounds like a computer made it. Everything. It sounds like a computer played all of the instruments. And it just it's the production is just too perfect, too shiny. The drums sound beautiful, but like it's so like so thick and it just sounds so weird to me in the music. And then Cardinal Sin for me, I cannot stand white people with trap beats on top of pop songs and pop punk songs. It drives <laughs> me crazy. I do think that they used it in a way that was not over the top that I could stomach it, but it was like I liked the idea of the rolling hi-hats just on top of the punk beat. That was pretty cool, but it still – it just drives me crazy. And I so, don't know. It just it, – it's music for like – it's like background music for Disney Channel movies. It, it's Peter Pan music. Like it's people that re- – <laughs> It's people that refuse to grow up and that are nostalgic about a specific time frame. Yeah. Now, I never I don't go back and listen to Blink-182 songs and go, dude, fucking a genius wrote this song. Like I go back and listen to it and I think about what I was feeling during that time. The same with Taking Back Sunday. I mean, you talked about bad emo. Like that first Taking Back Sunday record, it I don't even know what to say. Those are some of the worst and best vocals at the same time. Yeah. So, like, I listen to the records now, and I'm just, like, immediately thrown back. It's nostalgic, and that's how this whole record felt. It felt like a new-ass old record. It did feel like Dollar Store Pop Punk, but it feels like Pop Punk from late 2000s, or or very, not late 2000s, late 90s, early 2000s. It had a nostalgic feel, and that's why I liked it. There is one thing that bothers me about the record, how low all of his singing is. (laughs) Yeah, it sounds stupid. Yeah, DJ. It's it's something I would rock out, like, playing with my kids in the car or, like, listen to, like, in the shower, but I I wouldn't go to that live show. You know what I mean? Like, not Uh, a band for me. I don't go to live shows at all. Do you guys? What's a live show? What's a live show? It's like, it's where people used to play their instruments live. Super, (laughs) it's an outdated concept in COVID times. You know, and that's the thing. I think to DJ's point is like I really listened to it and I and I hated it. But <laughs> that being said, if it was like there's there's worse things that I could be forced to listen to, like with my kids in the car or, you know, or whatever. It's 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 not like the end of the world, but it's just like I, I do want to back up and say I would implore you to later tonight put on take off your pants and jacket and tell me that's not a great a, a really well written and well produced record. Yeah, it is. I it feel is. like that stands these, the test of time. A lot of these albums that you grew up with as a kid, I feel like often you go back and listen to, like when you take a real, like Taking Back Sunday, for instance. Like I feel like it's like an old movie. You watch it or you listen to it, and you're like, shit, I was I was into this. Like you know, it just like you don't really <laughs> add it down because yeah. back then it was awesome. Yeah. You definitely aren't turning it up loud and let anyone hear you. Like I'm not going down the street talking about uh, what's the part about uh, if I had one last breath or I'd apologize yeah. for bleeding on your shirt. Like I don't want anybody uh, to hear me listening to that in 2020. Like nobody's allowed to know that I like that. But I will. <laughs> I will fucking jam the starting line records. The oh starting, yeah, dude, the starting line records. 
there has been no, I'm sorry, but this, maybe I'm biased on this, but there has been no pop punk record that has stood the test of time like the starting line records. Yeah. The say it like you mean it, I think is what it's called. I'm actually glad you brought that up. That'd be, I haven't listened to that forever. You have to go back and listen to it. One of the few actual phys, not physical, but I have a flash drive in the car with some records on it. Don't know why, because everything's on Spotify. But I like to put the flash drive in, hit random, and just let it go through some shit. It's one of the few records I have on there because I can listen to a hundred percent of the tracks off of it. Yeah, that uh, was an album that, like, when I was a teenager, I'd go to shower, get the boombox in there, put the <laughs> in, be like, "All right, I'm about to tear this out." Just like yeah. sing. <laughs> oh, it, because the whole record is in like. I feel like I can play every instrument on the record, including the vocals. I feel like I can do a hundred percent of what that record did. I think that's why I like it. Okay, and, and and okay, and if that's why you like it, that's great. I, and I and you know what, I completely respect you in that. But because I thought the same thing was like, if this is the record that would happen, if somebody said, "Colin, go write a pop punk record," because it's I feel like it's marginal at best, and that's probably as good as I could do with pop punk. You accept you know that what I mean? challenge? Do you accept that challenge? <laughs> <laughs> no, listen, I don't. Listen. We all, I think all three of us have the means to record stuff, right? <laughs> Between the three of us right here, we should release uh, just a song. We should just release a song. Pop punk we, song? I don't know. What, what genre? Do you want to do a metal song? You want to come out of metal vocal retirement, DJ? Uh, uh, yeah. I don't know if I have that in me anymore, but I'll try it. Something like Darkest Hour. That'd be great. <laughs> Listen, I'll write uh, some guitar. Colin, I need you on drums. I don't know shit about drums. I suck at them. Uh, well, it's funny uh, listening to you guys talk about the music. Like, I, I'm not, I don't consider myself a musician. I mean, I, like, I dabble on drums and stuff, but like, it's funny hearing musicians talk about albums because they're like, oh, that snare sounded like garbage. And I, I don't hear, <laughs> I don't hear any of that kind of stuff. So I'm just like, yeah, it was singable, you know? Like, <laughs> I don't like hear the things <laughs> that you guys hear singable i like that yeah like well i mean it's kind of like the post malone stuff it's like you hear it once and it's like you can sing it the second time you hear it it's just like yeah you know the earworm that's kind of how i feel like mgk's album was or at least singles that i know it's like you hear it once and you're like oh i know that song now like i was walking through target the other day and in the electronic section they have like a like 15 tv type screen wall thing and I was just listening to the record on the way to Target. So I get in there and I'm walking around and I'm like, do I, do I fucking hear that MGK record like right now in Target? Like why am I imagining this? I look up and the fucking video for one of the tracks is playing in Target and kind of fucked me up. I thought I was hallucinating. Everything, everything about the, the paragraph you just said that, that you could not have more concisely put why I hate it. You said, (laughs) I, went to target the other day you started there <laughs> i went to target the other day i was listening to the mgk record on the way to target and then while i was there the mgk video was playing on the wall of tvs at target that's it <laughs> that's why i hate it i got two more things to say about it i got two right. more things to say about it one <laughs> you gotta be fucking fired up about this shit that's why i wanted to one, do this first one uh i will say at its best it sounds like bad for your strong because it what? is it's no it's at a lower red it's at a lower register and it has those big fat drums and big fat guitars 
And when it hits some of the mid-tempo stuff, I was like, I wish this was like written by the four-year strong guys. Okay. I, I have to disagree. It sounded from a, you play guitar. There was nothing. Four-year strong to me is defined by their guitar. They changed pop punk by their style of guitar playing. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Let me back up. Not about guitar. I'm just saying like the the songs themselves, like the songwriting itself, okay. the the chord progressions and the key that I, they're playing. I thought it was very, very, very like Blink 182. I mean, it it was evident. But yeah, at, by like by far, it's a Blink 182 record. Yeah. Um. But last thing I got to say, the the other reason why I have a hard time just taking it seriously in general is like this is the same guy that like two years ago was like talking shit to Eminem. And writing songs, talking shit to Eminem, hey, and I was doing this bullshit. Can I? Can I say? I think that's why I like it. So that that. <laughs> listen, yeah, I, I think that too. I think that's so. Cool. Let me let me explain where I was going to go. Where I was going to segue to from this is people who, uh, who I don't I don't know how to put it. Like who enter a different scene. This is one of the best switches to a different scene i have ever seen the only other one that i say is this good ever is fucking darius rucker from hootie and the blowfish when he went country (laughs) like honestly name another person that switched genres and will probably get bigger from the second genre michael jordan playing baseball shut the fuck up although there's a there's a sick ass uh what is it? I think it's Big Sean. Like we had a conversation about Big Sean before, but I think he has a record that says I switched up like Jordan did with two, three to four, five, something like that. He, he has a, a lyric like that. Sick. No, you can't name anybody though, right? Before I, before no, I move on. I can't think of something ahead. Yeah. He, I'm telling you, it's one of the two best switch-ups of all time. He's going to get. Because already his rap stuff was like, he was like, mainstream rap like he was opening up for like you know you could see him opening up for like miley cyrus or some shit you know yeah. like and the same thing now he's like you know he's like pop music but he's doing two different genres and he pulls it off pretty well yeah i it, I, uh, I, I i don't disagree yes, i don't disagree do. yes you do that he pulls it off well i just right, think it's uh, i just I think when he did the rap stuff, he would have had a big tour like Fallout Boy, and I think he was yeah. doing rap yep. at the same time. So it's like he he kind of blended it for a few years. I I did read on Wikipedia because I did go deep and like read about the production of the record and stuff like that. I did read that there is a part in a song that sounds so similar to Fallout Boy, they had to get permission <laughs> to, <laughs> to to play the song on the record, and Fallout Boy didn't give them permission until two days before it was supposed to come out. Oh dang. Uh, actually, since you did research, I mean, uh, so I don't know MGK and like his abilities, but like, did he write the music? Did he have a bunch of help? Is he actually playing guitar? Like, yeah, he's actually playing guitar. He did write most of the stuff. He had a shit ton of help, though. Um, but it started with him collabing once with Travis Barker on a song and then going, hey, let's make a whole record together. Yep. Yeah. Basically. I wish I could do things like that. I wish I could just like call up Travis Barker. Like, you know, I need some drums, bro. Yeah. At the end of this conversation, I can respect it, uh, but I very strongly dislike it. And even the title of the album is super cheesy. Oh, yeah. Like, it gets to my downfall. Like, it's super hot topic. 
it's super like teenagers are going to flock to those concerts whenever concerts are a thing again for the drive-in concerts. He'll do a big drive-in concert. One of the things I appreciated about it is that if you listen to the lyrics, some of them are actually very poetic, but at the same time, he kind of kept that, like, I'm still hood. Like he brought in like his topics and shit like that, or about like, you know, doing cocaine and fucking chicks and like weird shit like that, but in pop punk melodies. So there are going to be ripoff bands. Mark my words. Yeah. Uh, I, I, lastly, I hated the song with Hal, Halsey. I don't know her music though. Uh, so uh, after I, I heard that, I felt like I wanted a whole record where she was a vocalist because that's the way Paramore should have sounded. Well, like, I thought that was the chick from Paramore. That's not. No, that's Halsey. Oh, okay. That's uh, who she used to date. Um, another white rapper, the dude from Bay Area, G Easy. That dude. Ah. Uh, uh, yeah. Matter of fact. Ooh. Hate that guy. <laughs> Matter of fact, speaking of the Eminem diss, I didn't respond to this, but I think MGK won that diss. Oh, the, the Eminem diss for sure. Yes, he won for that. Sure. Yeah. Uh, second of all, there's a line in it from Eminem in his diss record that says um, he's talking about because young Gerald was balls deep inside a Halsey. There you go. So maybe MGK <laughs> actually had something with uh, Halsey before. Yeah. All right. Speaking of respect, though, uh, Sean Connery. Oh, man. Rest in peace. Yeah, Yeah. no doubt. Were there – I mean, I think most people know, like, his, like, famous roles, right? Like, obviously, he was probably most notable for Bond. He was, like, in my opinion, probably the perfect Bond. Uh, But what is, like – what's a role that – what was your favorite role from Connery? The Rock. The Rock, for sure. Dude. Yeah. The Rock. Oh, look at up. that. Something we can all agree on? This is crazy. And then Nick Cage, explosive. Amazing. Beautiful. <laughs> yeah, that's wild. Uh, I honestly, Really good really good actor pairing. Also really good comedic pairing. Yeah, for sure. It's it. crazy that he was 90. I mean, that's... That's what I was going to say. I had no fucking idea he was that old. Yeah. The dude's Not... looked the same for the last, like, 20 years. I should have suspected <laughs> it, but he's looked the exact same for, like, 20 years. Yeah. I will say that maybe a year ago I looked up, I was like, what's, what's Sean Connery up to these days? And I was like, <laughs> Oh dang, he's like 89. And I saw pictures of him and he looked like elderly, like pants up to his chest, his nipples. you know, walking w- with a cane with a cardigan on. I mean, like he looked elderly. Yeah. So. And probably with a lot of public appearances, he probably has like makeup crew to make him look a little bit better and stuff. And that's, yeah. you know, that's how he probably didn't realize he was, that bad off of that or something because he was just had some people help him out with his image. Yeah. I often look up people. I often wonder where people went or like what they're doing. Uh, well, I was actually thinking about one earlier today that I still need to look up. I'll just ask here and see if you guys know Jonathan Taylor Thomas. Remember that dude? He's on like home yeah. alone and sh- or not home alone, but home improvement. Yeah. What the I, fuck I happened like to that I, dude? One I of the like like I heard. Like What's the- that? One of those actors, like, got there was like some drama with one of those actors, one of those kids. Can't remember yeah. drugs or like something with guns, but I remember one of those actors. I think it was the younger one, but hmm. one of those kids got into some shit. I think that I heard lately that JTT got into like I thought I heard his name come up lately. Got into some trouble. Yeah, I need to look him up. I love looking people up, uh, which actually brings me to Tom Green. Like, I looked up Tom Green the other day, 
and realized he has a new YouTube channel um, and he's doing some really cool shit. So it made me like want to know and research more about Tom Green. I haven't really gone down the rabbit hole yet, but he's got this really cool project where he's got a Dodge van and it's been converted to like kind of like some off the grid living type shit. It's got solar panels on top. He's got a studio and he is out right now. I don't know if he still is, but he's uh, he was out in the desert in the video that I looked at just flying a drone around, getting some footage. It turns out he actually like edits everything himself. He's traveling and doing a podcast out of his van. Like, did you guys have any idea that Tom Green was cool as shit? I thought he was just an annoying guy who trolled people. Oh, no. I mean, Tom Green is great. Even before he got famous, I remember like, or like when he started getting famous with the show here, I remember reading into it and reading, you know, he already had a pretty established career in Canada and, um, and then, but over the last couple of years, I feel like he's popped up here and there and he seems, and he's like beyond that kind of crazy immature yeah. persona yeah. and is really focused about uh, on being like an actual, like uh respected creative. Yeah. Uh, he reminds, I like, this is not an offensive thing, DJ. Yeah. I got, I got DJ vibes from him when I saw him sitting in his van. And oh, nice. it, I went, oh. Yeah. I went, that is something DJ would do. You would go buy a van and live in the desert. Yeah, well, I mean, that's like one of my goals one day. But <laughs> we did a uh, we did a travel trailer once, a 20-foot travel trailer, and did a big trip. And it was like some of the best times of my life. It was just so much fun. And uh, I'd love to do a camper van, especially with the family, um, and just go around. Because he's out there living. And, like, I looked it up after you told me about it. And... Um, well, it's funny. I'll, I'll rewind a little bit because he was on Joe Rogan not too long ago. And I shared it with Colin, like the whole Freddie got fingered stuff and his like his comedy, like not my thing. It's kind of funny. But like nowadays, just like if you go back and watch Freddie got fingered, I just it's I cannot watch it. Just no, it's always I been think. way funnier to talk about his comedy than to watch yeah. his comedy. Like yeah. you will catch me at any time going. Daddy, would you like some sausage? Uh, like, yeah. give it's me like, a piano. That I'm shit doing that. is pretty funny. It's just pretty funny, though. Still, if you watch that scene, it's just uh, pretty funny. Yeah. If, <laughs> if if I get in front of a piano, I'm doing one of two things. I'm either, and I got this part from Dave. Dave plays the Rough Riders anthem on piano. Every piano he get, like, we'll be on like a ten thousand dollar like grand piano, and he's like, dun 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 dun. dun, dun. He taught me to play it. I have to play at every piano I see now. And the second one is just hit keys and saying, daddy, would you like some sausage? <laughs> Dude, legendary shit. Well, uh, did you- on the Joe Rogan, he talked a little bit, like he hit a little bit on, on how he had testicular cancer that changed his opinion, like his, his perspective on what's important. And I think that what's he, what he, what he's going through now is like a reflection of probably the, the time he went through having cancer. And now he doesn't, he's like, doesn't have cancer now. And it was awesome to see that like evolution of him. Now he's just like connecting with nature. And it it seems like from his videos, like he's never taken time out to do that kind of stuff because he's such in all of these locations. And it's like, I think what he's doing is super important for everybody to be able to do it, go out, see national parks and take, take your car van and park it like BLM and just sleep wherever. Like that kind of stuff is so good for your soul. And it's, it's rad that he's just, he's kind of just doing it all by himself and his dog. And it's, it's kind of cool. I sat there and just watched 
video after video the other day. Yeah, I really liked it as well. And so let me circle back to something. So you had mentioned that you moved uh, from LA to Colorado um, a few months ago. You were actually one of the catalysts that kind of prompted me to make a move from Ohio to Arizona. Oh, yeah? Oh, yeah, for sure. So I've always wanted to. Ever since I was uh, 21 and we came out this way to play music and Capital Tragedy, it made me want to come this way. Nice. I had a couple times where plans fell through. We actually thought, you know, I thought I was moving out here uh, on several occasions and something always ended up keeping me in Ohio. Um, you had made the move. I watched all the stories and posts from you and the family making the trip, having the dog in a crate right in the back, yeah. like <laughs> seemingly very uncomfortable travel accommodations. Yeah. And I was like, man, look at him do this shit. Look at him just fucking move like two kids two animals, all his shit, just move. Like, why the fuck can I not do this? Yeah, and especially actually, nowadays with the pandemic, it's like, okay, well, if we're going to do it, like now's the time because LA is not going to come back anytime soon. So, Yep, and that was the out. second catalyst. So looking, I was sitting at my desk looking out. It was raining. Look at you guys. Look at you guys. Yeah, man. Colin, <laughs> you stay out of this. Uh, don't ruin my moment, man. Uh, no, but like, I'm looking out and it's raining and I was like, why the fuck? Like, what the fuck? Everything's telling me to just do this. Like right now is the right time. Even if I didn't have a job or they told me I couldn't go, I'm just going to go and work from home for X amount of months and find a new job. Like, let's just fucking do it. Uh So yeah, you were like the, uh, the extra, the last little push in the, the YOLO trek. That's awesome, dude. Well, I'm glad you guys made the, made the move. Your house looks awesome from what I've seen. Pretty insane try to only show people the awesome pictures, not all the shit <laughs> that you see sitting behind me right now. Like, look at this. Yeah. Look at this. I still have an empty ass loft up here. It's just look boxes, moving boxes, and then computer, at least that's set up. I think, I think it changes scenery. And like, ultimately I think I wish more people were able to just travel around and see state parks, national parks and stuff. But like, even if you're like, grinding with work 24 seven, even like, you know, just a change of scenery, moving to a new town. It's super fun. You know what I mean? Like, uh, moving here was for work and I, I dove straight into work when I got here, but just the move along was like a, an adventure and that was fun, you know, like, um, stop at a few national parks here and there. And, uh, it's just, you know, it's good for, for you and the kids, like the kids get to have all that new experience. Like the drive out here was just, I mean, it's like totally, crazy with a five-year-old and a, a one-year-old the one-year-old starting to talk and he's just screaming the entire 18 hour drive but like you know you look back on that stuff and it's like so memorable you know those trips speaking of your kids so i like both of your kids names and oh yeah <laughs> yeah i like both of your kids names so uh if you can talk about that you're feel free to either censor or not censor your kids names but no uh, uh, yeah um well, I mean, since you guys are metal dudes, um, I came up with our first son's name from the lead singer of Bring Me the Horizon. Um, <laughs> and it was funny because back in the day, I did not like them. Like, I never, I actually never listened to their music, but I saw that guy. Um, his name was Ollie Sykes. His, I think his name's Oliver Sykes. Mm-hmm. But I saw in a magazine once, OLI, and I was like, dude, I love that. And it always stuck with me. And um, I pitched that. And, um, another name to my wife and she liked Ollie. Um, and ironically now I'm kind of into bringing the horizon. Like my wife jams them out all the time. So the, the newer stuff or the older stuff, 
Um, she's jamming the newer stuff. Yeah. Um, and I'm like, oh, who's this? Bring me the horizon. I was like, oh, that's how I got Ollie's name. You know, I never really made it a thing to like associate it with the lead singer. But, uh, but, uh, if you, have you ever seen the movie Hackers? Oh, uh, we, yes. Yeah. I, I, I'll go into it more in a minute, but yes. I tried to name our first son Dade after the lead character of Hackers. <laughs> wasn't into it. So she picked Ollie. And then for our second son, uh, we went with the name Crew. So it's O-L-I and C-R-U. So we're doing this like three-letter name. So our third kid, we kind of have to get a three-letter name for that brand recognition, you know? J-E-F. Jeff. It's pronounced, you know, Jeff. Gus. Oh, Gus. (laughs) Oh, and uh, Crew was named after, if you guys ever seen the movie Rad. Oh, yeah. Skateboard movie? Uh, Biking movie. BMX movie, like 80s. Oh yeah, yeah, my bad. I was thinking of uh, what's it called, Gleaming or Gleaming the Cube or something like that. There's a yeah I know movie around the yeah. same time, but yeah, I'm, I remember Rad now. But it's dope because we for for Crew's first birthday, we did we dressed him up like the character in the movie, and the dude that played Crew hit us up and was was like talking to us about it. I was like, no shit, so cool. Like <laughs> we named him after him, so just dope. Well, you definitely have like a hip kid name thing going on. I don't see why you just don't name the third one Rad. I'll try that. I'll yeah. throw, it, throw it to my wife and see if she likes it. <laughs> <laughs> Short for radish. <laughs> uh, no, but um, what was I going to say? I had, oh yeah, the movie Hackers. We've recently been going through, and I said this on a previous pod, we've been going through and watching all the old movies. So we act, we just watch Hackers like right before we moved out here. So maybe like two or three months ago. And it's crazy to watch that movie and see like what, you know, what was how how they portrayed the art of hacking and like Uh, how they did it. It is crazy to watch that shit nowadays. It is my favorite movie. Really? Oh, it's yeah. I've always been like like obsessed with that movie. And it's one of those movies as a kid that I still watch today. And I'm like, holds up. (laughs) (laughs) Sick soundtrack, too. Yeah, it's got uh, that song from Oblivion in there, and it's just like that's one of my best feel-good songs because I associate it with the the movie too, like the opening track. Solid, love it. <laughs> oh man, Shit's I always want that uh, Bernie Man and this this random people through a hackers party, and it was just like the funnest thing because I'm just like a hackers nerd, so it's like to find a bunch of people that were just kind of obsessed with it randomly and like. All right. That's weird. <laughs> so awesome. I was I was going to put Burning Man on here as a topic and I forgot. So I'm so glad that you brought that up. What the fuck is Burning Man? I only uh, ever see like social media posts. I see like the cool like art installations. Yeah. I can kind of read about it. Te- like you seem like you go to you've gone to several. I don't say you go like every year or anything, but you've gone yeah. to several. Yeah. I- I've been, I think, five times. Um, I mean, it's just, it's an art festival that's a like community-based art festival. Um, it's like a gifting economy, so you don't really buy much there. Um, it's just kind of a temporary city that gets built up, and you'll find anything and everything out there. It's mostly associated with just, like, a drugged-up party, but that's really not what it is when you get there. Um, but there's, like, everything there, you know? There's... It, there's, you know, mind blowing art pieces. There's awesome music. It's 
a lot of just DJs, but there's some music out there like live performances you'll catch. Hey, hey a lot of DJs. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, you're like, yeah, hey, one more like DJ. A, a city that pops up. There's like sober camps out there. There's like there's churches, like Christian camps. Like there's a bunch of stuff out there that you would you would be like really surprised. There's a whole area for kids, but it's it's Do basically any, just like a hippie art festival. Do any it, how, how long? How long is it? Um, I think the, well, the last time I went, you could stay for like nine days. Huh. Wow. It's, it's quite do a long any, time. Uh, do any cults show up? There's probably some cults. Yeah, there's probably some cults. <laughs> <laughs> no. So how I actually first found out about Burning Man or it ever got on my radar as a thing, as I saw that, uh, that art installation where it was like two giant heads and then there was like two or no, it was two it was two bodies and they were sitting back to back like they were arguing, but then there were two kids like inside the heads. Yeah. Like wanting to connect. And I thought, and it was like a picture of that and an explanation of what it was that like, even when adults fight, like there's an inner child, like that still wants to just like have that connection. Uh I don't know. I was like, Holy shit, what is this? And I did some Uh research on it, found burning man, read about some of the other art installations, but I could never really get a concept of what it was because depending on what you read, like you said, a lot of drugs and hippie shit going on out there. Yeah. Uh, and like a lot of people are, you know, it's getting taken over by the influencers. There's a lot of issues with, you know, a lot of rich people wanting to show up and like everything's there for them. They don't have to set stuff up. So there's a lot of issues like rising like that. We call them like people call them plug and play camps where people just want to show up, pay for a a really great experience and that's kind of like not what it's supposed to be about and in my opinion like you should struggle fully like through the experience because that's like i feel like a part of the experience is going out there and like sitting in traffic forever and finally getting in there and having to set up your camp and just like it's, it's kind of brutal and then there's a lot of people that go out there and have like just a great time without having to work at all they jump off their plane take drugs and go put on a tutu and walk around <laughs> <laughs> uh sitting in traffic is part of the experience but you said you left la didn't you get enough of that there yeah yeah well yeah out of Brandon, there's like one road to enter and it just gets like turns into a disaster and you'll just one year we went out and when we were exiting there was like a 16 year old girl that went missing and since like it's like super community folks they didn't let anybody leave they shut everything down and so we sat, we just sat there for like eight hours until they found this girl. And she ended up just being like in some random RV. She wasn't, the, 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 the fear was that she was taken. Yeah. But she ended up just, she was just partying. But like, that was, that was cool to see that they like prioritized the safety of this girl and they just didn't let everybody leave. Mm. That created a, a huge traffic jam one day. So speaking of leave, a lot of people have left LA recently or not LA, but just California in general. Uh, Rightfully so. (laughs) I will say that there are so many people in Arizona right now from California. Um, Another person that left Cali, Joe Rogan, he went to Austin after that reportedly $100 million deal with Spotify. Yeah. 250, 250 million. 250 million? Is that the new number? Oh, I thought that's what it always was. It was 100 million. I heard a hundred, but yeah, well, I'm wrong. What, what, I mean, does it even fucking matter once you get past yeah. 50 million? Like what the fuck? Like no yeah. number past that even matters. It's insane. Uh, but regardless, did you see, he caught like a shit ton of backlash the other day about having Alex Jones on the podcast again. 
which that's crazy. I mean, Alex Jones's last podcast with him was <laughs> amazing. It was, it was, but I actually agree with the backlash and I'll tell you why. So Spotify removed all the Alex Jones content. They removed his own podcast. Oh, uh, really? Yeah. He's been banned from all the platforms. He got banned from like YouTube, Spotify, all of them. Yeah. So, it's kind of a shitty thing to immediately give him the type of platform like Rogan. It's like a backdoor, right? So I agree with it that way. But apparently there was something in Rogan's contract that said like, I can, I can interview like any person I want. Mm -hmm. So I'm interested to see where that falls because there are a lot of people up in arms right now saying they're going to cancel Spotify, their accounts and they're never listening to Rogan, yada, yada. Cool. Do it then. Jesus Christ. I like absolutely hate cancel culture, um, but I don't think Spotify is going to get canceled over it. But um, yeah. it's weird because like YouTube can't cancel them or ban them, but you can still find plenty of Alex Jones stuff on there. And so, um, but to the Spotify thing, uh, it felt real odd. Like, I don't know if you watched that episode, but it almost felt like he had Alex Jones on because like even before he was having issues with Spotify where they censored something, like they did something on one episode and people were like, Oh, see, he moved to Spotify so they can censor him. And then this Alex Jones one felt like, see, we're not censoring it. We have Alex Jones on. Uh, yeah. And then it didn't shit, you know, people complained anyways. But I mean, I will say he didn't, it didn't seem like that crazy this time. It seemed like Alex got pretty drunk. <laughs> But no, I haven't listened to it yet. I, I was moving around YouTube this morning, like checking out some shit. And uh, I saw the episode on there. I feel like that's one of the episodes that I'd want to watch, not listen to. Yeah. There, yeah. there, there are certain certain podcasts and, and shows and things like that. Like I have to watch them. I can't listen to them. Yeah, he's on there with Tim Dillon, if you've heard of Tim Dillon. Yeah, he's a comedian, right? Yeah, up and coming comedian. He's hysterical. I love him. And... um I guess he's a big Alex Jones fan. So I guess that's why they had him on there, but um, it was all right. But it, and also when you watch it, listen out for Joe, because he's, um, he was being a lot more conscious of trying to like back check stuff or, you know, he was kind of tiptoeing with Alex and that's what made it feel real off. Like almost like they had Alex Jones on to show that they can have edgy people on, but at the same time, Alex, uh, Joe was kind of being more different than he has been in the past with those mm. type of guests. Where it's like this, the last one Alex Jones was on was talking about like, you know, interdimensional aliens and Hillary Clinton's a lizard and all this stuff. <laughs> and then this one was just kind of like, not that crazy, you know, like, yeah, but yeah, they kind of just like hit Bohemian Grove and like the normal Alex Jones stuff. So I, I saw, I saw a bunch of people like after, after that happened, there was a lot of people, you know, going back to the COVID uh, conspiracies and hoax. And they brought up the Sandy hook, you know, hoax and yada, yada, Uh which made me want to like talk about anti-maskers again, Yeah, because something I have fucking noticed is out here, just about every store you walk in, it says mask required for entry. Yeah. And like, I feel like that's fair, right? That's the fucking bare minimum you can do as a human is just put your fucking piece of fabric on your face, go in there, do your thing, get your goddamn cookies and get out. 
Yeah, especially somewhere where it's like enclosed and like a store and yeah. you know, just be a team player. I I am getting very frustrated with my area. So all the grocery stores have that. I would say thirty to forty percent of the people do not have a mask on. And like yeah. that's a large percentage. And if you have this policy in your store, why the fuck is nobody like standing at the door going, fuck you, lady in the leopard? shirt get out <laughs> like you do do you really need white clothes right now like get the fuck out of here like go get your mask and come back but nobody yeah. is doing that and i feel like i feel like they should be doing that it's am probably I, I like i've heard policies like where home depot can't address like people stealing this is like rumors i don't know i can't confirm this but like they don't want to address people for confrontational things to lose like you know them returning to the store and shopping so i feel like they're trying to just like keep, keep people coming to the store versus keep people safe in the store, you know? Yeah, but you could just provide things that people will forever need, like yeah. things to improve their home. I mean, that would probably bring people back to your store. Like, oh, my toilet's broken. I need a new fucking toilet. <laughs> that well, I need, I need wood. Uh, I've seen grocery stores out here where like, if you don't have a mask, they have like a little platter of them in like bags you can use. They, they, uh, the, so the Home Depot out here has that. There's a fucking pack of disposable masks when you walk in. It says, please take one per customer. Yet all these old dudes are walking around, you know, so actually you would think that the, that the Trump supporting anti-masker would take this as another opportunity to fucking put Trump in their mouth. Right. And like have a mask with like, a little Trump sticker on their face. And I'm seeing yeah. that a lot out here. Uh, well, it's funny because I said the same, my, my mom loves Trump. And like, I said the same thing to her. I'm like, Hey, you need to wear a mask. I'm like, I'll buy you a Trump mask. I'm like, if you wear the mask, I'll buy you, like, I'll buy you that. Like, yeah. The, Cause there's bigger, there's bigger things to worry about than. Yeah. Like just, Hey, just I think, wear a mask, you know? <laughs> yeah. In answer to your original question, I think that another significant part of it is, uh, this is checking a box. This is a business checking a box. Oh, they passed an ordinance that says that people have to wear masks in here. Well, I'll put a sign up that says so, but fuck them if they whatever, do whatever they want to do. You know what I mean? So, like, it's the same as, like, you can hang the fucking OSHA stuff in view where people have to see it in the break room. That doesn't mean you're going to be following all of the actual guidelines. You know what I mean? They're yeah. checking a, a regulatory box. I agree, but uh, can we, can and, and we think, come up with and, and I think you start to see which, you know, who's running what, you know. But can we come way. up with a fucking fine or a ticket or something to give these motherfuckers repercussions? I saw a statistic the other day. Bro, then you're just getting into the regulatory state, yeah. man. And I, that's I, just, I that be, just means more, more bureaucracy, bro. Uh, okay. But here is a statistic that fucks me up. And so you have – okay. I'm going to do a little story here. You have Trump calling it the China virus. And we think that, like, right, China did all this stuff. And then you have a statistic that shows we had, like, 98,000 cases in one day, right? Mm. Which is actually more than the total for the year for China. Number one. So, like, (laughs) (laughs) we did it again. (laughs) We did it again. I don't know, man. It's, It's fucking me up. Out here, uh, I might have already mentioned this to Colin, but we had some Halloween parties like in our community. And you walk up to the table. They were they were adamant that everybody uh, registers online so they knew how many people were coming. So they knew like, you know, when to like cut it off and not allow any more people. 
You go up to the table to get your tickets and check in. There's a sign right there that says you must wear a mask, blah, blah, blah. And then the fucking lady at the table handing us tickets didn't have a mask on. And I'm just like, (laughs) oh my God, I can't take these people. Meanwhile, my daughter does phenomenal with a mask. She puts, she's three years old, puts on a mask, keeps it on the whole time, doesn't tug at it, doesn't do shit, just walks around and chills. And like, sometimes when we're getting out, she'll like, even before I put it on her, she'll go, dad, my mask. And I'm like, okay, you're three and get this. And I can't get fucking Johnny Commando from <laughs> goddamn Arizona to put one on. Well, we well, oh, we noticed a huge difference because, I mean, we, we were in L.A. And, I mean, if you want to politicize this, but, like, Colorado's pretty purple. So our neighborhood for specifically is, like, it's real funny. It's, like, by road. But, like, you'll have a bunch of, like, Biden, Black Lives Matter stuff, and then another. There's just this one road where it's like they have signs that say like "masks are tyranny" and like "remove the muzzle" like written all over their oh, house. Oh god! And it's just like they're Jesus like Christ. so against it. And um, it's I you know I'm not used to having these like I, I'm in LA where everybody like you know is super lefty, and uh, it's it's been kind of interesting to be around it. And I get a lot of people hitting us up like on Instagram when I'll like post videos of my kids, like at the playground and like my LA friends are like, nobody's masked. And I'm like, cause people like a lot of people out here just don't, don't wear them. I think, uh, I don't think I've ever been in a store and seen somebody not have a mask on. So I think that they do good here with that, but like out and about and at the towns and parks, like I, I don't see the masks that much. <laughs> hmm. So you, you mentioned, uh, a lot of people are kind of lefties and then you have like, you know, removed muzzle. You have that whole section. Where, where do you fall on that spectrum? Cause I know you said you were at a gun show recently, right? Oh, right. <laughs> yeah. We're like, uh, we're just a few days away from the civil war guys. <laughs> Free podcast, uh, soft civil war. Uh, yeah, we know we, uh, so politically I've always been a Democrat. I really like Tulsi Gabbard. That's who I like this year or this election, but, um, but, um, I don't, I'm not a huge fan of like partisanship. So I just, you know, I think that we all need to work together and I, I'm more for my opinions based off like where I stand on each policy versus thinking I'm on like some specific team. Cause, um, I've never really been that political, but, uh, the last few years I've been just listening to political podcasts and stuff. And so I often find myself bouncing back and forth from sides on the issues, right? But anyways, we were at a store called Shields. Have you guys ever heard of that? Mm-mm. It's it's like um, no. I mean, just a big sporting store, but it's larger than I've ever seen it. It's like blew my mind. It like had a Ferris wheel inside of the store. <laughs> and so they had a huge hunting section because Colorado's huge with hunting, you know. Yeah, this area. It, they were hunting Ferris wheels. That's the yeah. middle of the story. And uh, it was just funny to see the blend of people stockpiling for um, hunting. And then, like, I saw several old ladies just walking around with, like, a shit ton of ammo. And they're just, like, (laughs) buying up stuff until, you know, shit pops off. They're going to be ready. Do do either – okay, do you guys – do either of you guys own a gun? No. No. I got some pretty big knives. Big knives. Those are called. <laughs> those are called swords. Yeah, uh, got a few swords. That's how I go oh turkey. God. How just, how fucking cool would that be if like that's what we're all defending ourselves with is fucking swords? 
I'm down for that. To be oh awesome. my god, you know who's got who I saw with a large sword was Derek. You see Derek Rainey holding that giant fucking sword that looks like it's out of Game of Thrones. No, no, you got to go look at that post. This I was. I will. I don't. I'm not. I'm not a person that would put a sword on my wall, but that sword would look good over a brick fireplace. Like I would. I would fuck somebody, that, you know, trying to come in my house. I'd fuck them up with a sword. That would be amazing. So I'm glad perfect. you added up. I'm glad you added up. You said yeah. I, I will fuck somebody with a sword. I mean, <laughs> that, that too. I'll it can go down. Pile. It can go down however you want. Come in my house. I got this sword. We can talk. Uh, okay, I have a gun. Uh, I am. Uh, I'll be the first to admit. Like I don't have like a lot of guns or anything. I just you know I have the home protection devices. That's it. Yeah. Um, so I was going to follow that up and ask, do either of your wives know how to shoot a gun? Uh, me and my wife have been shooting several times. I actually almost bought a gun the other day at that store. Um, I'm, I'm probably going to get like a little, uh, handgun yeah. just just for the house. But, uh, but we've been shooting guns before because Amber's family are big into that. So we went out several times with them, got a bunch of ridiculous guns that we shot. I... I have a like a, a thought process. I feel like everybody should know how to do two things. Drive a manual car and shoot a gun. Yeah. And maybe that's like the weird, you know, what if something really does pop off 30 years from now? Like who knows what the fuck yeah. is going to happen in this country? Like sometimes I question our future, but there are two things like 30, day, 30 sometimes. years from now, three days from now, bro. Yeah. Yeah, dude. <laughs> I'm yeah, trying to be dude. optimistic. I'm I'm a positive person. Uh, yeah. I I I I'm worried about. I mean, I I feel like a week from now shit is going to be a lot uglier than it is today. Yeah, in the inner cities I think it'll be the worst, but depending on the winner, do you feel it'll be bad worse one way than the other? Like if there's one winner or the other, if if Trump wins no. versus if Biden wins. Do you think it's going to be the same regardless? Um, I think if no, I yeah, yeah no. Colin, that, what were you say saying? it again, DJ? Say it again, oh, DJ. I think I think the reaction if Trump wins will be worse, but um, we'll see. I don't know. I think more people are willing to go out and protest and cause you know, d- willing to go out and protest on the left side versus the right side. I think a lot of the people that. Yeah. Would Trump aren't fueled up to go out and cause, you know. But at the same time, the the thing that worries I hear you, but the thing that worries me is the fact that you got you know a huge chunk of the populace that is pissed off and that like has been given a a completely separate uh, version of reality in the media yeah. they consume. And, and I'm not, I'm not saying it's not horrible on the left too, but you know, to think if Trump loses, which, you know, polls wise, it's looking pretty good for that. Yeah. But yeah. if Trump, lo- if Trump loses, you're going to have a whole bunch of people out uh, of people that are going, wait, what? I was told that there was no way this would happen and they're pissed and they are the ones with the guns. Uh, (laughs) Yes. Well, that's the issue with when the, you know, the right side, when, when those dudes want to come out, they're, they're pretty heavily armed like most of the time. So that's, yeah. yeah, And you know, I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to lie. Like it's, it is, it makes me feel a little bit like, uh, 
it makes me feel a little weird to say this, but like, I'm not like I have a hard time having the idea of having a sign out in front of the yard that says in this house, we believe that, you know, and like science is real. And, you know, oh, yeah. uh, and like the whole list of stuff that's basically huh. like, like, hey, hey, a liberal lives here. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. those are all maybe real. it makes me maybe it makes me seem kind of weak. But like, you know, if shit is going to pop off, do I want a billboard in front of my house where I have three kids that says, hey, if you if you hate libs, here's one of them. So, you know uh, what I mean? Uh, I well, hear- it's weird. Like people take offense to that sign for some reason. It's like, what do you mean water is life? Like it's it's like a common sense sign. It's just like, yeah. you know, love is love. Like, what do you mean? Like, you know, people like get upset about yeah. it. And I don't understand how people could get triggered so, by that. I was having a similar conversation with my wife the other day and we were talking about how nowadays – just simply having an American flag hanging on your house has an implied, I support Trump. Oh yeah, for sure. E- even for that. Sure. And I was like, damn, it's fucking crazy to think about, but I believe. You know what? Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. I would say, I believe that if Trump loses, it'll be worse. And I'll, I'll back that up with why I feel that way. So if Trump loses, the reason it'll be worse is because now you have a whole bunch of people that felt empowered to say, I support Trump and they stuck by him, displayed their signs, put the name on everything, flew the flags while everybody adamantly said, if you still support Trump at this point, you are a racist or you support racist. So Mm -hmm. they are willing to take that because they are so sure he's going to win again. It's Mm -hmm. like a cult following, right? Yeah. Yeah. If that happens, you now have, you you have the other side who's going to go, Finally, now we're empowered. Now we're the ones that are going to puff up our chest. And I just feel like it's going to be total chaos because you're going to, you got, I'm going to use the term loosely. I don't actually mean proud boys, but you have the proud boys that are so proud and they're, they're not going to want to be willing to admit defeat in this scenario. So they're going to have something to prove. Then you have the people that now feel empowered because they defeated this, you know, the orange man, right? Yes. Yeah. I feel like Trump losing is going to be the worst of two scenarios. We all want Trump to lose. Well, not all, but I feel like a lot of uh, my circle wants Trump to lose. But I do feel like that's going to cause more problems. I feel like I feel like it's not going to be this. I feel like this one we're we're going to be. It's just going to be what what twenty twenty is. I think I think we're not going to know on election day we're not it's gonna be a disaster it's gonna be huge delays on on who wins or who not like who doesn't win and my my prediction is like if trump does win i think it's gonna happen in like climactic where a way where like it looks like he's won and then all these mail-in ballots or something come in and they count that and trump didn't win and then that's when i think people will be like well we thought we won and then they're told that they didn't win i think it'll be a disaster and if that kind of stuff happens then i think that yeah we're gonna face some backlash like i mean the, the right will go out in the roads and and yeah. you know do their thing and a lot of people are not gonna like it like um so like it's i i had a conversation with a buddy the other day about like you know protesting rioting and looting and like there's so many people making just like finding justification for these people doing what they're doing like and when we were specifically talking about like the people starting fires in Portland, like outside the courthouse, and I was saying like they're starting fires in the courthouse. That's why it's unlawful assembly. And she's like, "Well, it's a small fire." And I'm like, "Well, 
what courthouse has, have you ever been to that you can start fire at? Like, you know what I mean? Like you're finding justification for it. But once, once the flip the hat switches and it's MAGA people doing that shit, people are not going to be comfortable and not find justification for it. So I think it's, I'm like, I try to be like, based off right and wrong and not like try to find like a reason to support it because my side likes it or something. Yeah. yeah. It's okay I to understand. Think- it's okay to understand why people do it. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Right. And you have more tolerance. I don't tolerance for your team, right? Like whatever, yeah. whatever you're supporting, you have more tolerance for it. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. But I'm, I'm I do with- want to push. I do want to push back on what you said, Jeff, about how it almost impl- the, the implication is almost that if you're, flying an American flag that you're a Trump supporter. Uh, I actually, an observation I have made over the last couple months, because I drove down from here to Winston-Salem, North Carolina. I drove from here to Marquette, Michigan in the Upper Peninsula. And then I drove from here to the east side of Michigan. So I I did a lot of driving through rural areas. And it is crazy uh, and I, I backs up the cult like uh, thing a little bit too. Is houses with Biden signs generally look like normal houses with American flags and and yeah. a Joe Biden sign and some nice flowers, and then houses with Trump flags or Trump signs, no American flags anywhere. It was in one of two flags or three flags: Trump Pence twenty twenty, uh, Blue Lives Matter. Mm-hmm. Or, or uh, like one of those chintzy flags that shows Trump, and he's like got like looks like Rambo. Rambo, <laughs> and 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 you know, and it's like, and it was all it's alarming to me because it's like, it's like, it it's taking this ultra nationalism, this ultra pa- patriotism to a point beyond what I think that we've all known as patriotism yeah. in this country. To uh, it's it's merging it with law and order with the Blue Lives Matter thing, because I've seen it referred to that flag as as, you know, anti Black Lives Matter, because that's where it originated. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, and I've also heard it referred to as like the new uh, like proto fascist flag in America. And, you know, like uh, and I'm not trying to immediately assign all that stuff, but it's it is it is interesting how much the Patriot folks who have who essentially worship the american flag uh have seemed to recent the to recently replace it yeah mm. it's a very strange it's a very strange thing that i i feel like i've noticed over the last few months especially driving through rural areas that's total trump country and i'll it's chip very in strange. There. i'll chip in there because the new neighborhood we've moved into uh, uh there's a bunch of american flags in um so I agree with Jeff that a lot of people, like a lot of the people I knew in LA, like if you had an American flag hat, you're a Republican. Like that's like those people. Yeah, I definitely like, hear that. I know where that perspective comes from and I totally yeah. agree. Like I feel like some people are just so stuck in identity politics, but it was nice when we moved here because, well, our neighborhood's like a lot of older people, but um, it doesn't matter if they have a Biden sign or Trump sign. Like there's just so many American flags and that's kind of nice to just, you know, and it's it's odd when people get stuck in these identity things and you're like, yeah, well, yeah, I support Biden and Harris and I got an American flag. Like, that should be, like, yeah. that's like common sense. And you're just like, yeah. we're all in America. So it's like, why do you get offended yeah. at it? 
But in yeah. cities, some people just slip into this like identity tribal trap, and it's just crazy yeah. to see. Like, I, don't I know do. I, the closer sorry. we get to the election, oh, sorry. Uh, the closer we get to the election, the more I'm starting to realize that. Though I'm a lefty liberal that was just as pissed that the Democrats went with somebody like Joe Biden again. Uh, at the same time, it's like it seems to be the right strategy. <laughs> you know, as, yeah. as, as much as I feel like they're failing with a lot of their messaging and strategy, the one place where they're succeeding right now is by running the guy that appeals to those people that says, look, aren't we all Americans here? You know, don't we all believe in the same things? You know, at our core. But the thing that they should have – they should have picked somebody else who didn't do so much to incarcerate black people. I couldn't couldn't agree with you more. Uh, I'm just saying that I I do feel like this this final message that they've been pushing over the last three weeks, uh, which is really like the Joe Biden, the everyman, doesn't matter if you're conservative or liberal, you believe in America like he does. You know, I, I think that that's been their closing argument, the whole characters on the ballot thing that, you know, that's like the soul of our nation. It's like it's kind of this kind of trying to 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 hit those old old uh, patriotic patriotic notes, yeah. not this kind of new hyper nationalist. Have you guys uh, have you guys seen the uh, Unity 2024 movement? I'm, I'm yeah. into that. I like the concept of that. I might not like the people they choose or something, but it's basically a presidential ticket with a Republican and a Democrat together. And I think that'd be great because I don't think like a libertarian will ever win or anything like that. But I would love to have that where it's like, it's not this like partisan, like tribal, like shit fest where people think, well, when Democrats get in, like everything's going to be solved. And like, well, it wasn't solved when Democrat yeah. was there last. So right. Like, you know, and I feel like a lot of the progress gets, you know, uh, minimized when we're stuck in these, like, like what you're seeing right now with like, you know, the, the, um, stimulus like packages, you know, it's like, there's just delays because they're trying to like play politics. They're playing partisan politics and they want their team to look good. They can't make the other team look good. And it's like, yo, we're the same team. Like, Yes. We should all be trying to work together and make it happen. So I love that idea of unity. Um, you, sound, you sound like somebody that goes to Burning Man. <laughs> well, it's, it's true. It's like, I mean, right now when people need help and it's like you see the corporations getting help because Democrats and Republicans agree. Like, hey, let's help the corporations out. But then when it comes to the people, like that's well, that's start fucking playing these political games. And it's frustrating because it's like. Yeah, they, they're playing games with other people's lives. Like, yeah. So that's my problem is like the the whole the socialist buzzword, right? Everyone's like, yeah. "Oh, that's socialism. That's socialism." I'm like, no, these are socialist programs, right? Uh-huh. Like, it doesn't matter what it is. We we have tons of socialist programs that work today, and people are completely cool with. Everybody's fine with a socialist program that. And where their tax money is going, as long as it's something that benefits them. You know, they want uh-huh. military, they yeah. want EMS and fire, they want their yeah. fucking roads plowed when it snows. Uh-huh. Everybody's cool with that. Yeah. But the moment that you suggest that, hey, I know that you're at work right now and you're paying a fuck ton of money and you're stressed out because you have health care, but we would love to open up good health care to other people that may not make as much as you. Uh-huh. They're like, whoa, buddy, like fuck the fuck off. 
Yeah, I, I think what the COVID relief thing is is it's simple. It's a, it's a simple argument that and a simple answer, which is corporate interests and and lobbyists' interests, uh, uh, because it is just like I don't give a shit if you're a conservative or a liberal. If you represent the people of this country, you realize that a lot of people are hurting. A lot of people are having a hard time paying their rent because of what's happening in different places in this country because of this virus. And uh-huh. it's like it's like right on a piece of paper, every American gets X amount of dollars until this shit is over. Pass yeah. it. And then and- argue argue about how you're gonna pay for it later. Because if you can afford to pay to 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 give the military seven hundred billion dollars yeah. once a year, you can afford to fucking do this shit too. So get the fuck out of here with all of the lobbyist shit and just write it down and pass the goddamn thing. So, and because the people who are getting checks who don't need it, then they have extra pocket money that they're spending on shit in the, and and they're stimulating the economy that way. So it's like, Uh just do it. So, yeah, and they're pumping out so much money. So the whole argument that Republicans use is like, how are we going to pay for it? Well, we just dump trillions upon trillions of dollars on like, pushing up the economy and corporation bailouts and stuff. And it's like, not once did they say, how are we going to pay for it? They just did it because we needed to do it, you know? And so, well, there's that saying that that argument's just out the window. Now there's that saying that socialism is bad until it has to bail out capitalism. (laughs) Right. And that's like, that's essentially what it is. You started to talk. I mean, we've, we've alluded to this several times, but lots of businesses are suffering during this time. So what are some like businesses that will probably die with COVID? What do you, what do uh, we think some like areas of business that are just going to just straight up die? I mean, Colin and I have talked about this before. We think that it's going to really fuck up the service industry, right? There's going to be a lot of uh, restaurants and things like that that don't make it out or don't close. But Colin, do you have any ideas for like specific businesses? I was thinking of uh, – I was thinking of the reason I put that on the board was because I was just thinking like somebody was talking about a bowling alley being open and, and it's not necessarily like businesses that will die with COVID, but like maybe businesses type business models that should die. I mean, it's just like when somebody said, uh, what are you waving at? Your kid, dude. (laughs) Oh, geez. Oh, <laughs> I'm in the middle of this. Almost done. Okay. You're cussing too much, though. I'm oh, you're called cuss- out. You're cussing too much. You have you have burnt up your quota. Yep. Uh, no, but like I was thinking about this, and it's like I like bowling as much as the next guy, but like you know, you watch TV and and you watch a movie, and you're like, oh man, that's not COVID friendly at all. You know, like so, like things that we took for granted, and it's just like. Really, like a place that doesn't get cleaned that often, where there's communal balls with holes in them to, that you stick your fingers in. <laughs> All right, this is this is getting dirty. Uh, so bowling alleys didn't feel clean pre-COVID, <laughs> yeah. right? That's what I'm saying. And it's yeah. like it's like maybe that's a industry that either needs a shock to its system, or maybe it's kind of time to be done with something that's so fucking gross. So everywhere, everywhere, <laughs> like everywhere i go i keep seeing these like uv phone sanitizers it's like a little case you put your phone in and it uses uv light to like sanitize your phone uh why the fuck don't that like more things should just incorporate that like when the ball return like when it returns the ball 
hit it with some UV light. Like apparently it sanitizes things. Like hit it with UV light before the ball comes back out. I feel like more things should do that if it's literally that simple. Yeah. Don't know if it's I simple. guess I'm saying I guess I'm saying not a bit not an industry that should die, but an industry that should be rethought. <laughs> yeah. Like well, I like, think a lot of businesses uh, are forced to to pivot right now. Like it, um, when so one thing I saw that was interesting in in my industry when I was when I was out doing films in LA, like my job went remote and I was doing it from home, and they were forced to do that. Like what I was working on would never do that for security reasons. But they had no choice, and so they just had to do it. And then once they did it, they were like, "Hey, this is working." And now if we stick with this, we might be able to hire out people like all over the country. And like, we're not limited to LA or, you know, there are certain locations that they have. And then I saw even further along where this one house that I worked with, um, I talked to them as an update and I'm like, well, when you guys returning to your office, they're like, we sold it. Like they're just not doing an office anymore. Yeah. Yeah. So like, and that's a bit, that's a big company. They're just like, that's just done. We're, we're different now. Like, Oh yeah. For we've sure. sold, like it's one thing to be like, Oh, well we're possibly going to go back next year. Some of these people just straight up sold it. And like, they don't plan on going back to the office. They yeah, and to- Industries are seeing there's so much money to be saved by not keeping that real estate, whether leasing it, owning it, Shit, yep. keep it and lease it out to somebody else who still wants brick and mortar. But there are huge companies that have already made the decision. And Colin and I have talked about this before. I think Google is one of the larger companies that said, hey, 2021, we're still not going back. Like they're yeah. already calling that. That's a big yeah. fucking company to to make a decision like that. Yeah. And that's probably like yeah. a safest like PR decision to announce something like that. But like, it, I think it was cool to see, like, especially in the film industry, it's like, finally these things like so many people wanted to like work on big jobs and be remote but like still you know have the feature film work and the good pay and stuff like that and the industry was just never going to do it and now they've been forced to do it and it worked and so that's that's a huge positive that i see like in in my industry is that like finally these companies were just forced to have to do it in order to survive and they noticed it worked and so I'm excited to see where that all goes with film and a bunch of stuff. I'm real sad about people that are like, you know, Devin Scheidecker, he's in a band. And so it's like, that's his, that's his main gig. So it's like, that bums yeah. me out. I don't know, you know, when live shows are going to come back and stuff like that. Which, well, that that's why uh, OnlyFans is popping now. What? It, oh yeah. That's why OnlyFans is popping. Oh, real quick. Like the, that's like porn though, right? I mean, that's not how it started. It was just a premium subscription thing. It was allowing people to have closer content, and it just got taken over by hoes. Basically, it was yeah. like, "Hey, yeah, man!" It was like originally kind of like Patreon or whatever. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay. I thought it was just like straight up porn. There you go, Devin. If you're listening, starting OnlyFans. Yeah, dude, that dude's got huge nuts. <laughs> no, but I, real quick, real quick, we gotta get him. A, <laughs> We got to give him a, a big uh, yes. congrats because holy shit, man, that yeah. custom guitar is just, she's beautiful for one. Yeah. And it's just a really cool thing. Like, holy shit. One of my friends who I remember playing shows with back in the day, like has a fucking signature guitar. And yeah. pickups. And, and pickups. Cust- yeah, pickups. custom pickups from Guitar Marie, right? Yeah. I can't That's say the name. Is it, it Balaguar? Is that how you say the the guitar? I said Belager. I don't fucking know. But yeah, actually, yeah. I had some notes here and I forgot to check them out. But yeah, I wanted to call him out because, dude, that's just so sick. Like, I mean, the guitar looks really rad. 
and just knowing Devin from years back, like this has to be a dream come true for him. And yeah. like, I don't know how to play guitar, but I kind of want to buy one and just I like was, have my wall. <laughs> I was looking at the purple one. Yeah. I was looking at the purple one. Is it like an eight string too? He's got a seven and an eight. Yeah, there's one of each. And I really, I really, really do want a seven though. Like I was going to buy a seven ever since like I bought a Kemper and I like fuck around with the down tuned. I just kind of want a heavier guitar that's already down tuned. And I want a seven string to do that. And you know, why not? Yeah. Why the fuck not? Um, speaking of once, holy shit. I think about once a year, my family starts trying to talk me into something. And right now, and this is this is perfect timing, perfect segue, because Devin's ass needs to get off my Facebook with this. My family wants a tortoise, right? And so like as a joke, I was like, help, my family wants a tortoise. I put it on Facebook. Devin enters the chat. This motherfucker is on here like tortoise make good good or great pets. I had a tortoise for years. You live in the perfect climate for it. And you do take it. Yeah, to take it one step fur- further, this dude drops a fucking link to something called Tort Stork, where, <laughs> where they deliver a fucking tortoise egg to your house that's about to hatch, and it pecks through the fucking egg, and you get to hatch the egg <laughs> and raise it from a baby. And I'm just like, this is crazy because, like, dude, I know, but, like, Devin, don't do that to me. Like, don't. <laughs> Because obviously my wife was on there too. And she's like, oh, I come down and I'm like, hey, did you see what Devin said? And she like turns her phone around and she's literally on the website reading about it. They have like a 96% success rate, but there is, no, there's 94%. And they do have 6%. Unfortunately, the eggs like don't take or it doesn't hatch correctly. He dies a short term later. Uh, But yeah, he's fucking me up, man. He's like pushing this tortoise thing on me. It's a huge investment too. Those things last, I mean, they're probably last till you die yeah that's actually like that's what my kid likes about it he doesn't want yeah. to suffer the loss of a pet and mm-hmm. he will randomly just literally i'll look over and he's like just crying and i'm like what are you doing like why are you crying what happened he's like oh, i was just thinking about when june dies and i'm like dude jesus like, come on like he'll just yeah so he's he's uh stoked at the prospect that that tortoise will live to be like 200 and pretty much inherit the house from us and go on to race tortoise babies in the pool out back. So <laughs> shit's wild. You should get one, dude. I don't know. Well, you we're, should. We're, we're legitimately, I I'm more open to that, especially cause a tortoise is like a herbivore or whatever. So like they eat like vegetables and shit like that as where a turtle will is technically a carnivore and eats fish and stuff like that. So you have more stank. So yeah. legitimately looking at it, I'm, I'm open to it. I got to see once when uh, a bunch of those sea turtles, go out and then they run into the ocean oh, sick. and that's sick to see because it's just like they all just come out from the sand and there's just like freaking hundreds or thousands of them and you're like holy crap and they're all just scooting towards the ocean and it's just wild to see some finding nemo shit yeah what was that turtle's name in finding nemo oh they're like the stoner turtle yeah he's yeah. like ride, ride the wave bro uh, yeah, I can't, I, can't, remember. I can't think of his fucking name. We got three dads on here, and not one of us can think of the name to the Finding Nemo turtle. That's we suck. It's been a long okay. time since I've seen that movie. My kids uh, all want like Blippi and sh- and shit like that. Maybe. Oh my god, my daughter self discovered Blippi and that Ryan's toy reviews self discovered yeah. today. Have you looked up their net worth? Oh, it's disgusting. 
it's insane, bro. It's it's awesome. Congrats to both. I mean, I have yeah, I have no. Sure. I'm not. It, it, I'm not like talking shit on them, but uh, people tried to prepare me. They're like, "Oh, is your daughter into Blippy or this?" And I'm like, "No," and she never will be. She's been watching that Coco Melon shit and like Elmo. Something happened. I woke up this morning and she was like laying in bed with us, and I stayed up late as fuck playing video games. So I was trying to sleep in. She's playing on her iPad. All of a sudden, out of my ear, I can hear Blippy, and I no. was like, "Oh hell no." fucking obsessed now she brings me her ipad wants me to unlock it goes daddy blippy i want to watch blippy i'm like no fucking way there's gotta be something to it i mean kids must honestly love it i don't know what it is it's stupid i don't know what the fuck you're talking about because none of my kids are that god colin yeah maybe google it just watch it for 30 seconds you'll get it yeah 30 (laughs) seconds is all you need and you understand every video i uh i was talking to my buddy taylor and i'm like i bet you blippy is like it, it would just be funny to live next to him because I bet you he's just totally different than what you see. You know, he's got to be. There's no way he's like that. But I, I bet you, like, it'd be funny if he's, like, this huge metalhead and, like, always wears black when he's not filming it. Because Blippy, he wears, like, these, like... Suspenders. Suspenders, bright colors, and checkered outfits, and, like, it's yeah. just ridiculous. He's got, like, orange gla- orange big glasses and a hat with a propeller on it. And uh, it's like so over the right, top I just looked cheesy. At a, I just saw a picture. I just the looked pi- at a picture. You yeah. can actually hear him. You can hear the picture, can't you? You can look at the picture and. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah, Colin, that's it. You Colin it. is Blippy. Blippy <laughs> is Colin. Finkel is Einhorn. Uh, <laughs> so the other one that everybody tells me about is Cuckoo Kangaroo. Uh, I just All right. They have a song called All I Eat is Pizza. And I made the mistake of listening to it because I was like, I just typed in cuckoo kangaroo and it was the first thing that came up and I listened to it. I'm not even shitting you to this day. It's like a year later to this day. I will sing that chorus in my head. It's that catchy. Uh-huh. It's like, all I eat is pizza. And I'm like, damn it. I still <laughs> sing that to this day. Um, uh, I, I swear that was a song on the new MGK record. <laughs> it should have been all I eat is mushrooms. The, uh, uh, what was that? I think it was Adventure Time that it was from, but the Making Bacon Pancakes. Oh my God. Yeah, we, we sing that. Or Beyonce or whoever it was. That one was really good. Yeah, we, we sing that around here. Every time I'm actually making real pancakes, even though there's no bacon in them, we sing that yeah. every time. <laughs> um, speaking of other kid shit, do you guys see the shirt I have on? Does anybody understand yeah. what's, what's happening here? Woo, cr- woo Krang. Woo Krang. Oh my god, that's great! So it's it's Krang from fucking Ninja Turtles in the shape of the Wu Tang symbol. It's Wu Krang, and it's kind of like a cheesy pun shirt. And like typically, I would never wear something like that. I don't know why this one really jumped out at me, and I was like, you know what? I'm gonna because it, it look it doesn't it doesn't look like a cheesy pun shirt. It looks like streetwear. Yeah, but yeah. it is yeah. it is it's like done in like a streetwear style, and it's obviously it's Wu Tang, right? Which is yeah. extremely yeah. pop culture re- relevant. Uh, yeah, it doesn't feel it doesn't feel cheesy. Which got me thinking about uh, when when I got too cool for my toys, right? I and keep in mind, I had like every Ninja Turtle thing like known to man. I, I probably had like ten or twelve different sets of all four turtles that were like different things. Like one had a little plastic thing you put in the shell and you pull through, and it would say words. Uh, I had all kinds of different ones, like with the fucking kung fu grip and different weapons and stuff. I sold all of my Ninja Turtles at one time when I became too cool for them, right? When I was like maybe like 12 or 13, had a yard sale. 
maybe sold them all for 20 bucks. I had the fucking Technodrome. I had everything, right? Worth, I probably had something worth over $1,000 today. Are there anything that you guys just wish you still had? Like, is there anything you got rid of, whether it was, you know, a toy or musical shit or anything? I don't have, I didn't keep like anything from 1931 days. I wish I had some stuff like that. I mean, I think I have like an album saved on Dropbox somewhere, but like our merch or anything like that. Like, I just didn't keep anything. I wish I had, I wish I had some more documentation of it. Yeah. But uh, I have some like high eight uh, tapes somewhere with some like shows on it. So maybe one day I'll be able to revisit that. Your, uh, your whole record, the whole demo is on YouTube. Uh, yeah, I saw that. Yeah. I I yeah. listened to it on there. Just, you know, I went back because you had yeah. this, you had this song that was like, I'm pretty sure the lyrics were something like, I regret everything. Yeah. 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 I regret everything I've ever done. Yeah. That was like yeah. the epic champ part. It was like very uh, like a la dead to fall. Uh, also yeah. the way it's also it's also your body language when re, when referring to your old band yeah. <laughs> i regret everything i've ever done yeah it's true when we were big partiers it's pretty crazy and then Devin was just Devin was always straight edge and sandwiched in the middle of all these freaking people just pounding liquor oh yeah um and i wish i, had I uh practice, so. go ahead colin i i wish i had uh i kick myself all the time for getting rid of like a bunch of like size large and size XL shirts that I had like late in high school or like in junior high and high school. Cause like I, I had a bunch of sweet shirts of bands that I still like that yeah. I got rid of or sold to Ragarama or some shit or whatever. When I was too cool, when I was seamster dude with youth large and size small shirts, like, Oh, I don't wear this shit anymore. And now here I am again, wearing large and XLs. I had uh, I went to see Slipknot Al Rosa in 99 and I bought a shirt with the barcode on the back that said people equal shit and shit was uncensored. And you could only get the uncensored version at the concert. And they sold the exact nice. same shirt, but shit was censored at Hot Topic. I still wish I had that specific shirt Yeah, because you can't get it anywhere. I want that Slipknot shirt. And that was probably a large or uh, an XL as well. Yeah. Actually, um, one thing I really wish I had throughout my life is like I, I grew up racing BMX. And so when you race BMX, you have these number plates up front and oh, yeah. nationals and stuff, you know, if you get first or third oh, yeah. nation, you have that number plate. Um, and I had a lot of achievements through that stuff and I wish I would have kept those number plates. And like at the time, yeah. I remember just being like, I don't need this shit. I'll be riding bikes my whole life. Like I'll be doing this. And like, you know, guess what? I stopped racing. And then it's like later in life, I'm like, man, I'm, I wish I would have kept some of that stuff, especially like the achievement. Yeah. You just yeah. need you just need a mom who's a hoarder. So at my yeah. mom's house, I still have so much shit. And one thing I have there is I have two bikes. Well, three bikes, actually. I have a mongoose uh, with the race plate on the front and everything. So I have, I have a Haro. Uh, and then I have a lowrider, which that doesn't matter. But uh, <laughs> very familiar with the race plates. I think I still have a chest protector. And one thing that I didn't get a chance to see if it's over there, but I really want to know if they're over there, are my soaps. My shoes. Yeah. I, I really need to find out if those are over there. All right, man. I feel like this was a longer episode than we've been doing recently. This has been great to have a guest. Uh, it it keeps the conversation fresh. It keeps it going. I mean, Colin and myself don't have much to talk about other than fucking COVID right now because we can't do shit. Everything we like to do is basically shut down 
Uh, and Colin is off the booze right now, so he's not getting wrecked and rambling, which is it's terrible for the podcast. <laughs> terrible. I can't, I can't generally trigger you as easily, so I'm glad I was able to do it today with the MGK record. Well, hey, I got, one, I got one more thing you were talking about, moms and hoarding. Um, I'll tell a, a quick story. Um, but when I was two years old, my dad took me to a batting cage with my brother. My brother was supposed to be watching me. And he went to like the vending machine and I snuck into the batting cage and my dad on his backswing ended up hitting me because I snuck into the batting cage oh. and he, he thought he killed me. I became unconscious, called the squad. Um, he called my mom, told her that he thought he killed me. Um, oh my God. And so I ended up being fine. Doctor said if it was like a little bit lower, would have hit my temple, killed me. Um, but I was in the hospital. Everything was totally fine. Like that was kind of a freebie. You know, I wasn't that hurt. Uh, no damage. And then I came home that night and they put me on the stove and somehow I turned the stove on and my shirt caught on fire. Oh my God. And, uh, and, um, and then my, my grandma, I guess, took me for like a week uh, from my parents were like, you guys just need a break. Um, <laughs> but my mom came over recently and she gave me the shirt that was all burnt up. Oh man. Holy I was like, shit. Oh, this is awesome. I'm going to hang it up. Like, that's great. And then another thing she gave me, was i can't remember how old i was like 11 or 12 i was shot with a bb gun uh and it it hit me in my skull but it embedded in my skull and so they had to like cut it and dig it out and she gave me the bb (laughs) holy shit that's crazy that's crazy like i've kept this all all throughout the years for you i'm like oh well thanks for this bb Damn, that's crazy. That's a crazy way to end episode sixty-two. I'm pretty sure I'm going to call this "Daddy, Would You Like Some Sausage?" I don't. I don't feel like that's fine. Anything that's else is sticking out to me like that. Ugh. All right, you guys. Yeah. Great talking Bye. with you. Yeah. See yeah. You us, e- us, us Eastern time dads got to go make dinner. So. Yeah. I hope it's something delicious. Bye.